Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have another special guest joining us. She has directed spots for Cartoon Network, MTV, Vice, has also been featured in Tribeca Film Festival, South by Southwest, Comic Con, and most recently she has wrapped up on the Lincoln Project and also has a film on the Criterion Channel. I have director, filmmaker, and human Leah Shore joining us today. How are you doing, Leah? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am well. I'm super excited to have you on the show today and super excited for the conversation that we're going to have today as well. So thank you for you know taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Always. Really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all of our listeners, all of our followers on social media, everybody across the world in all 60 plus countries. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Continue to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about the same show. Really means a lot. It helps us out a great deal. So you guys, again, uh, really been doing a lot for the show. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us on social media, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. Again, that's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook, The Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, that's The Sane Show. So today we're going to have a conversation about a good director. Then we're also going to have a conversation about being different. And then following that discussion, we're going to have an interview with you, Leah, so that the listeners can learn more about you, your background, all the fun things that go along with that as well. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with the first topic, a good director. So you and your work have been highly regarded, and this is actually a discussion that uh, Paul, who's the lead writer for Sane Show, and I have had a few months ago I, I remember i asked him like you know what what, what makes a good director uh, especially you know i i love you know good films and good television shows and as i've been doing this podcast you know it's obviously something that i think more about as well um and also been paying a lot more attention to uh, film and television productions with more of a critical eye and you know, really just want to have a discussion with you again, doing the work that you do as a director and filmmaker, just to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, what it is that makes a good director. Did, uh, did you want to tell me what you, your thoughts were? Did you tell me you like read something, an article or? Um... Yeah, sure. So in the, in the article I read, and I'm just going to list the six points that I saw here. Uh, one, it was, it was talking about understanding lighting and understanding design a script analysis, ability to work with actors, mm-hmm. focus on the microscopic details, and don't ignore sound, and then don't overstep the special effects boundaries. When I looked at this list and I thought, honestly, I'm thinking that with a director, because when I looked at that, right, one of the things I thought about, it's like, okay, it put the director in more of a light of a, I think of a director now as like a the person pretty much who has to manage all of these aspects and be able to bring everything together, but not just bring everything together and uh, watch over the production from point A to point B, but also being able to bring all of these things together and make them work in a way that 
they're cohesive. And so when I looked at that list, and I, I know it's, it goes well beyond that, but I looked at that and I said, okay, that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think those are really good, like, broad strokes for somebody, like, just trying to understand what a director does or, like, should be thinking about when directing. For me, I, I think about those things, you know, to, on set. Uh, I normally storyboard my uh, films if it's, like, live action or animation because I, I like to do both. So that helps me visualize what I want in the film, how I want my actors to be shot, lighting, like like you said, lighting, production, how I want, you know, everything to visually be seen and very exact in particular. Um, I also think about that in post when storyboarding. And personally, I think sound is just as important as the visual. So that is something that's very important to me as a director and just filmmaker in, in general. So I'm always thinking about that while I'm directing or making a film. So things just kind of I'm thinking about all these things at the same time, but, uh, you know, when I'm on set, I'm mostly focusing on my actors lighting and talking to my DP, my cinematographer and getting the right shot, the perfect shot. And while at the same time, trying not to micromanage everything, which is very hard to do. So it's kind of this interesting dance that you have with everybody to get the right shot and the right performance from your actors and I I hope that was articulated well but, yeah yeah when I when I think about a director oftentimes and I'm sure this it's like this with a lot of people like you see the like the behind the scenes for you know, whether it be a movie or a television show or even an animated production and you know like you, you know you see the blooper reel and all you, all people will think about is like cut, cut, cut. You know, or like and having to repeat the scene. And because uh, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, what, you know, what are they looking for, right? Like, or I thought that was executed properly. <laughs> and so as I've gotten deeper into it, and those, and you know, those are some kind of things that I'm, I'm thinking about, right? Especially like I have those movies that I really love because they're really well directed and it's like okay i'm looking at it with a critical eye like what did they do here and you know i'm thinking it's just one thing honestly I, if you were to ask me a couple of years ago what makes a good director i don't know i'm, I'm probably going to focus on the acting right but it's a multitude of things especially having had all the people that i've had on the show um, from writers to producers and you know listen to everybody talk about you know uh, things like set design clothing uh, like you said sound and really taking an understanding that now and having this conversation with you today seeing that directors are res are responsible again for like they have to look at all these different aspects and and i i can understand with you like saying it's hard not to micromanage because I even think about it with this show. Like, like I, you know, I'm thinking about the sound and I'm thinking about the topics and I'm thinking about the people that, I, that I have on, like there's fortunately I haven't had to uh, re-record many episodes, but there have been one or two episodes where I've had to re-record because I was like, you know what, that could have been better. Mm -hmm. Or like, and, or even I go back and, or even putting the show together, like I'll even scratch some questions. Like, oh, you know, now nah, that question could be better right or it could be work you know so all those little things like you were talking about as far as going into a production that you're 
looking out for as a director. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just like a learned thing too. So like each time you do a production, you get better in my opinion. So like what you're doing each time is better. Like when you do another recording, you know, you learn from that, the previous one. I guess if I like boiled it down, I, I, it's really all about timing to me. If timing is wrong and pacing, then I think the shot will be wrong. And same with editing, you know, it's timing. Yeah, I can agree with that. And again, especially you're you're talking about a, a, a medium where, and I'm not to like downgrade myself as a podcaster, <laughs> but, you know, just mainly dealing with audio versus with a filmmaker, you're dealing with not only audio, but video and again, like all these multitude of different elements that you bring together and which I think that's what, that's what I think makes it like very unique as well. And I, like, I look at people like yourself who do that kind of work and like have a lot of respect for you because no matter what level you do it on, like it take that's a skill. Like you said, like the more you do it and you learn and, and especially when you start to have your own style, and like it's unique to you i mean i'm again i, I know i've been you know tooting your horn <laughs> since we started talking but i mean i that's uh, you've done that for yourself and being able to have your own style and people be able to look at you and like you pretty much be in your own lane and like this is this is leah shore right and this is the kind of work that i do and that is unique to me so i think like when you like come into your own and begin to find your voice and your style and you do it well on top of that it's a beautiful thing yeah but at the same time I'm always I mean I personally am always experimenting you know and like pushing things so you know there's always room to try something out some try something else out you know because you know what if this is better yeah I I suppose there is a style that's happening yeah for sure All right, we're back. So we're going to have a conversation with you about being different. You know, like I told you ahead of the recording, you inspired this topic. And I actually struggled a little bit coming up with a second topic because I really wanted to talk about something that I felt was closely related to you. And while you're different than most, I think that it adds a level of uniqueness and Again, having checked out your work ahead of the show, it obviously reflects in there. And even reading your interview in Filmmaker Magazine, you know, I pulled this quote from there about how you say, I like to make an audience feel a little uneasy. And I just I just want to tell you, I love that attitude and I love that approach. And not only does that make you unique, but people like you serve a greater purpose, in my opinion, because you guys keep things interesting. That's one, two push boundaries and then three inspire others and again just want to have a discussion with you about being different because especially i know when i think about myself i feel like i guess i very conventional or can be very conventional and uh, i know even just when i think about like my style in general i can i like to step outside the box a little bit but for the most part like i i'm I can be a little conservative, but I do appreciate people, you know, like yourself who are are afraid to go against the grain, try something new. And like you said in the last segment, right, experiment, because 
those are the things that we need. Those are the things that even because I'm even thinking about like innovation now and where a lot of you know new ideas are created and you, you know you don't know what might come out of what it is that you decide to do. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you, you know, just kind of get your your thoughts on as far as you know being different. Um, yeah, I guess it starts with, you know, like the subject of something I guess I'm writing. I, I you know, I like to play around with story. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I'd like to play visually with said story and, ex- you know, like you said, experiment. I'm not making a Marvel movie, though it, I would make one um, because that could be really fun. But, you know, I've made commercials, too. You know, I, I can make a commercial piece. It's just I'm choosing not to in my personal work, in my independent work, because why Why should I? Why? Why should you do that? all the time that's so boring so yeah what makes me different i don't know that's a really hard question <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i i guess the absurd and experimental side of me really comes out in my films while i still have a narrative intertwined with the piece which is certainly unique in my art and films and and I, I like to make people feel uneasy, but it's relatable at the same time. And I know that's so vague, but people should watch my films and you'll go, oh, yeah, I know. that makes sense. Like I made a film called I Love You So Much, and it's about a couple just saying the most absurd commentary to each other about, you know, like, I love you so much. I want to F you so hard and like do all these things. But it's like relatable because, you know, I've said these things to my lovers before. Yeah. 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 That is my and- rant about uniqueness even as a as a creative myself you mm-hmm. know one of the things that because like i you know I, I come across a lot of people obviously you know podcast is blowing up and you know people come to me with ideas for shows or even talking to me about the, sh- the show that they might already have and obviously i've learned this early on when i started because everything there's a lot of people doing their their own thing, and you know one of the things I always tell people is like, okay, well, what is it that makes it unique to you, or what makes you unique? And like, there's a large portion of it that's going to be the same. And I I like to say, I guess a lot of that's like the the foundational stuff, and even maybe you know like topics or whatever. But like, there's that small percentage of it that makes it unique to you. And that's what is really going to make it stand out. You know, because I'll, I'll even say when I originally conceived the idea of this show, like, honestly, it was yeah, it was more of like a morning talk show kind of thing. It was like, well, we already have a lot of those mm. on these big mainstream radio stations. And then I had to go back to the I had to make adjustments early, very early and immediately and quickly and the show evolved I, I kid you not the show evolved in like 10 episodes <laughs> and you know i i credit my i credit uh, and i always say this too about i credit jerry seinfeld as the inspiration because i'm a big fan of his but at the same time and like and him inspiring me i'm like okay cool even though i'm a big fan i cannot do it exactly like him what is it that's going to make it unique to me to cliff Right, as the host of Sane Show. And so I think, because sometimes when we talk about being different, 
sometimes I think people look at it as like, oh, you have to be, you have to go to the extreme, whatever that may be, where it's like, no, but being different makes you unique in general or makes whatever it is you're doing unique to you in general. So it's important to to be different, whatever it is. At least that's my opinion. I don't know, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's what they, you know, those are like rules with writing. Make it like this movie, but make it different. Yeah. Flip it. Flip that idea. So it can stand out and be unique. You know, make make this basic love story, but change it in a way where it's yours, where it's your yeah. story. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because even when I think about going through, and this isn't a knock against Netflix and Hulu and all the other streaming platforms, but you know, like I don't like to watch a lot of stuff because a lot of it seems the same, you know. And it's like I want to see something different. I want to, and I, I and I get it. You know, it's they're going based off what the market wants to see, and you know, obviously I I don't care to watch what the what most people want to watch, but it's like I want to see something different. And there 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 are like some. Like uh, one of the films I watched recently, uh, Cuties on Netflix, that garnered a lot of controversy. It was something that I typically wouldn't watch. I haven't but watched because, it. <laughs> say that again. I have not watched it yet. You got to watch it. Okay. But because it garnered so much controversy, I was like, I have to watch it. And I watched it. It was, again, not something I would typically watch. But I'm like, this is a good movie. This is, it could have been better. I gave it a three out of five. But. Right. I'm like, I see what they were trying to do. And okay. for that reason, I feel like everybody should watch it and give it a chance. Ignore, I, I'm glad it got the controversy that it did. Yeah, because it was because of the marketing. But hey, they, it, it's, it's, it has a, it has a good message. It's different. And, <laughs> and there were some parts in there that made me cringe. I'm like, oh, but you know, hey. It was, <laughs> it was, it was worth the watch. It was definitely worth the watch. So yeah, I mean, like I waver in between, you know, watching like art films on the Criterion to The Great British Bake Off on Netflix or drag shows called like Dragula, which I highly suggest because it's all, talk about a unique drag show. That is a great show because okay. <laughs> um, it's like horror, a horror drag show. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It's like whatever people want. It's so it's at your fingertips right now, like with content. But yes, everything is the same. Yes. <laughs> and it's recycled. All right. Now for the final segment, the interview, Leah going to ask you some questions so that the listeners can learn more about you, your background, and all the fun things that go along with that. So I'm going to go ahead and fire off with the first question. The Northeast and New York have such a distinct, have such distinct styles and movements that become inseparable from their artists. What about the city are you always trying to convey in your work when New York is involved? Okay, like, I want to know what style you think, because I've never really thought about that. <laughs> you put me on a spot with that one, because there's a lot of styles in New York. And <laughs> Please, um, tell me, because I, 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 I would like to know. Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my hands in the air on this one. 
Well, yeah. I mean, like, how am I supposed to answer that? Because I don't know. I can't tell you. The only thing I know is that perhaps we're more liberal <laughs> than right. most of America. And because of that, we make different films, I guess. I don't know. But it depends on the film. You know, I I just did a really interesting interview. <laughs> I'm sorry I keep plugging from them, but for the Criterion channel. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> about, about these amazing animators, John and Faith Hubley. And I interviewed their children because they passed. And they're some of the most prominent independent animators of our time. And they started out in independent. They, they were one of the first people to start independent animation, like an independent animation house on the East Coast. And what differentiated them from the West Coast was a more independent visual flair and breaking out of the Hollywood system and to study more of a fine art kind of look. So there's that. And because of that, you know, there's been so much more independent film. And I'd like to thank them as almost like the weird, a weird, like, godfather godmother to like independent animation but um today I, i'm not i'm not quite sure how to answer that question because i don't know what that is because i i do know that there are more independent filmmakers on the east coast comparatively to the west coast there's more of a scene here but visually speaking i don't know understood understood so my next question animation is for average people, synonymous with cartoons. What are some of your animation inspirations that aren't what people normally associate with animation? Sure, that's that's a great question. Um, well, one of my fa favorite mixed media filmmakers, I'd probably classify him as that, but he'd probably be most known as an animator. He makes live action films too, is Jan Svankmeyer. And he is a Czech uh, animator and he's in his 80s, I think at this time, uh, bless his soul. And he is one of the most amazing artists alive, in my opinion, filmmakers who really pushes the envelope, both visually and subject-wise. And I highly suggest that everyone watches his films because your mind will be blown. And he has surely been a huge influence in my earlier films, like 100%. I'd like to watch his films now and again now, just as a, like a kind of like refresh uh, moment, you know, after watching Dragula or something, I've got to watch one of his films. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I, I listen to a ton of music. I, I myself like to make music. I've always been a huge, huge Patti Smith fan. I love her, her writing and how punk she is. One of my favorite photographers is Robert Mablethorpe. I love his art. It's both beautiful and very sexual, which I, I mean, I, I myself am. So I relate to that. Um, let me see. Do, do, do. I'm a huge like food foodie, so I don't know. I don't. I guess that's kind of influenced in my work. <laughs> like, Ina Garden is a goddess. I don't know. I'm just like rambling. I'm trying oh, to name filmmakers <laughs> that influence my art. Oh, I'm a huge uh, Eric Fischel fan. He is a painter and he's alive. He makes these beautiful paintings that certainly stir up controversy that that is definitely an influence in my art yeah you know, that's, that's talking about your influences it it reminds you of the the short video interview i watched where you 
ran off a list of all the things that influences your work. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> I wrote that on the subway to the interview, and that that was for the criteria. That um, was awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, it was really funny. That was yeah, I, it was. I was definitely put on the spot. And I was like, oh no, I gotta make a list, and I think I said think really funny things. I think funny things like makeup, my mom. The movie Legend, which is true. It's so good. It's one of Ridley Scott's least talked about films, I think. And it's so effing good. And the production design is amazing. And the soundtrack is great, too, because it's done by Tangerine Dream. I don't know. What else did I say in that? I don't know. I also said <laughs> Patti Smith on that. Yeah. You did. You did. Uh, so my next question to you, uh, you are a working mixed media artist. And those skills have also formed careers in fine art and music. How do you carry your voice and style across your various artistic pursuits? I mean, I don't think it really matters what medium I'm using. It's just about the idea in the end. So to me, that I mean, that's why I went into film, because it could combine every medium possible into this art. You know, audio, visuals, editing, lighting sculpture even because of animation so you know i i like to go from one medium to the other you know depending on what i'm doing just because i can <laughs> and right now i'm really into photography I, I i really like to take really crazy photos uh just you know it's a nice uh, moment away from making films even though it's almost like a still it's a still frame of a, of a live action film I'm telling story in one frame. Yeah. Right. I can I can totally see where you're getting at on that too. So I'm not a photographer, but I just think about how I when I'm out, like especially on the lake, like I like to get a picture. It's the same picture, but <laughs> each picture tells a different story. So, yeah. Um, so my last question to you, not many filmmakers find success in both animation and live action. What benefits does a background in animation bring to live directing? And can a live action director go animated without past experience? That's a great question. I think it really benefits me knowing animation, having done it, and going into doing live action for so many reasons, like timing. Uh, you know, I, I can always see a, a frame rate that's, you know, it's like, it's easier for me to see something within timing or like editing because of that. I am lucky enough to be able to storyboard my films and easily communicate what I want because of this, because of animation. And I can speak to, you know, people I hire to help make storyboards if I'm not storyboarding and, you know, say the right lingo if, or if I'm incorporating animation in a live action film, which I have done in my previous film, I can um, direct them the again the the correct way uh, because of my animation background. I think it helps a lot. Um, also because I've I've also helmed rather large crews with animation productions, and it's been pretty crazy. Um, which is, it's very, a, an animation crew is very different than a live action crew and you have to be very particular and uh, succinct with your decisions. Um, and it takes longer to make than a live action film. And so your other question was, 
can a live action director do an animated film or like what what was it yeah yeah can a live action director go animated without i think past experience i think i have a i have a hunch that a lot of people think they can and they're like oh i can do this because i'm a director but personally i think people should hire directors that have a background in animation or that have done it before um it is certainly different and if they know animation and have done it, then it will go smoother and it'll be easier, especially if they can draw even better. Because I'm not sure, are they really directing? I don't know. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Because then it's just like, is the animation supervisor really directing the film in the end? I don't know. I haven't been involved in a film like that yet, though I would like to. It would be an excellent opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I'm I don't know. It's it's mind-boggling when you see a live-action filmmaker making an animated thing. You're like, well, why didn't you just hire somebody who has experience in either both? Or, but hey, I mean, if they want to do it, then do it. Read a book about it or, or speak to someone about it before you make it, just for some experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, I, I I can agree with that, and I appreciate that insight too, because I never really thought of it like that, honestly. It's something I gave thought to at one point. I remember as far as you know, the difference between live action and animated, but you know, you really gave me something to think about. So yeah, I appreciate that insight because I never really thought of it like that uh, as far as you know, going from one to the other. Also, like the experience that would be needed to be able to go from live action, uh, or not experience or knowledge needed to go from live action and be have some kind of success or be able to execute doing animated productions yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> well hey uh, i appreciate you again taking time i just guys would come on the same show really enjoyed the conversation with you uh, and you know again learned a lot and that's one of the best things about doing this uh, getting to talk to all the awesome people that come on the show and learn about the different things that everybody does and get all this cool insight so yeah. uh, thank you for you know coming on and sharing that with us yeah no problem thanks for having me always always definitely have to have you back on in the future and listeners thank you guys for listening continuing to like share and subscribe to same show again you guys are listening to the same show the show about nothing and everything and until next time we're out.